Hello, good afternoon, everyone, welcome. Um, do you, have you ever had, some of you um, won't have had this, people like Nathan and Sam and Sarah, but have you had those moments where you suddenly feel your age a little bit? You feel a little bit older. I remember going to the opticians and, um, uh, and it was the moment when I had to have reading glasses. And the optician, who looked about seven, said to me, she said, um, when people get to your age, uh, they, and you suddenly, and I felt that. Have you noticed that Sarah, Ben, even Ben, I don't know why, involving you, you're as old as me, uh, if not younger, but, um, and uh, Grace and that, they're all going off their screens. Did you know they're reading their Bible from their screen? I just want to say, paper. I still use paper. Yes, thank you. Thank you, over 50s. Thank you for that uh, affirmation. Uh, I said 50s, Joe. I was, anyway, so uh, <laughs> I know I know, I was being kind. Uh, wonderful. So what we're going to do, um, what we're going to do is this. We're going to look a little bit at that story of Jesus. And um, I'm going to introduce it. I'm going to try and keep, uh, keep it as brief as I can. And I'm going to go through a number of different points a bit later. But I want to just start with um, two scenarios and see if you can work out uh, the one thing in common with those two scenarios. Really, really straightforward. First is this. Some of you may be familiar with, with them as well. Uh, one was this, um, there was a good school, a uh, good local primary school, and um, every Ofsted, if I, forgive me if you're a teacher and I've just, feels like I've sworn in front of you, every Ofsted, uh, the, uh, the mark that they got was good. Never outstanding, but always good. The head teacher, he had been there for like 20, 30 years, and it was just uh, steady as it comes. Everybody knew their place. Everyone knew what they do. There wasn't a high turnover of staff. People did come and go to get promoted, but it was, it was good. Within two years, suddenly, uh, from getting good, it dropped into um, special measures. First scenario. Second scenario was this. We were in a council meeting, and it's a public meeting. Uh, it's up north in the Lake District uh, to discuss something about Kendall, Kendall, is it, is that how you say it? Kendall Town. And uh, um, the council have called this meeting, and it's going absolutely nowhere. It's one of those public meetings where everyone's talking over each other. Uh, there's no kind of agenda. There's no coherence. If you're sitting there, you're just getting frustrated. And if you can't get your, your voice across and someone else is speaking, then your voice raises, and it all just of heightens. Suddenly, someone steps up to, to the person who is chairing it and quietly whispered, do you mind if I take over this meeting? And suddenly the meeting then was brought to order and was, was changed instantly and lots of problems resolved. Do you know what the two things have in common? Leadership, exactly, leadership. The first one, some of you may know of that school, actually. The first one was, was uh, the school that my uh, children went to, Ham Dingle. Uh, steady as he goes, Mr. Harrington, and, and then a new head teacher, won't mention who it is, and it just vroom, dropped like that. Within, it felt like within minutes, it may have been, actually, uh, but it was in years. The second was uh, a situation my friend uh, was in, who lives up north now, and it was um, a council meeting, and it was Tim Farron. Remember him? Uh, well, don't, you don't have to remember, he's still with us. Uh, Tim Farron, the Labour, uh, not the Labour, Lib Dem, former Lib Dem leader, uh, they're in this meeting, it was absolutely chaotic, and he just stood up and decided to chair, to chair it, and it went somewhere. If you reflect back on your work context, or your life context, or your family, or what have you, you know, as well as I know, that leadership plays an absolute vital role in the success 
and the morale of the organization you're part of, doesn't it? It's at the end of the day, it is all about leadership, particularly in community setups and in business setups and organizations. If the leadership is really, really good, the organization tends to go well. If the leadership is bad, on the whole, unless it's got amazing kind of infrastructure and, and kind of a civil service and things like that, the whole thing, thankfully, doesn't happen too much to our country, the whole thing tends to go, uh, <laughs> tends to uh, decline. Thank God for our uh, layer of bureaucracy that helps keep things kind of ticking along. Uh, but on the whole, that is, that is that's, that's the ten, tends to what happened. It kind of falls and rises on leadership. Now, some of you, uh, if you push on there, John, that would be um, great. Thank you. So I want to, we'll keep going now. We'll keep going, keep going. And again, and again, and again. That's it. Fantastic. So when it comes to leadership, no, we are all back a bit, back a bit, steady, steady, don't want to give the game away. Uh, um, um, there's often two models of leadership um, that we're often aware of and we think of. One is uh, the leader as the hero, like that doing karate chops, that's that hero who comes and saves the day. You know, that sort of person, that, that's what we want. We, what we're looking for now is a political hero, someone who will kind of come and save the day, sort out Brexit, sort out this, sort out that. Or if there's a crisis in your workplace, what you want is someone to, to stroll in, um, charismatic figure and solve all the issues. And often we see our leadership as a hero, okay? So that's kind of one strong, really, I'm going to go through this really quickly, one strong narrative. The other one, that's more the Christian one, but it's been made more popular through Robert Greenleaf and others, is leader as servant. And that's the more thing that Jesus gives rise to. And that's the kind of servant leadership. So they almost feel a little bit intention at the time. Now, if you're a leader, and you're particularly if you're a Christian leader, in other words, you're a Christian who leads, not a Christian, you know what I mean, you, you have leadership position and you're a follower of Jesus, sometimes it gets a bit more complicated because Work demands at times that actually you be the hero. You step up to the plate. You make the decision. You go into the meeting and metaphorically bang heads together or get everyone to collaborate and consultative and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you've got this kind of servant thing rattling in the round. You think, oh, I better go and clean the dishes or something. And, uh, you know, or I'm the one who puts out the chairs. Or do and it's sometimes it's, it's a hard thing to try and work out. Hero leadership tends to be on the front foot of things, you know, making decisions and and rising up to the challenge. Servant leadership is more kind of background, isn't it? You're on the kind of back foot. You do, you, you, you know, you're doing the hoovering. You're doing that sort of stuff. And it's very hard to know which one to kind of flow in and working because actually sometimes they don't quite fit actually what we have to do. So what I want to suggest, and this will come relevant to the passage, is if you flip back a few, that would be fab, uh, John. I've got my slides modelled up. Is this. I want to introduce us, and we will come back to this at some point in our church life together, with a phrase which isn't quite there, but it is more or less, is host leadership. Host leadership. It came from, we had a little staff development day. It came from our coach uh, who was with us today. I want to talk about host leadership. And think of how Jesus was a host and that's how he led. He led as a host. This story that was really uh, well uh, read to us with Grace and Dan was Jesus as host. He was leading the whole event, but he was the host. After supper, which I wouldn't be surprised to know Jesus here prepared for it, he sat down and he washed his disciples' feet. He was hosting it. At one point, he was on the front foot, initiating and take, you know, taking the lead. At other times, he was being the servant and kneeling down. He was a host. 
And I imagine in this day and age where the world seems more divided than others, more divided than ever between remain and leave or Brexit or you're this, I'm that, and yeah, I believe this or I believe... in this kind of world of division where we're building more walls. We seem to be building walls, don't we? Not mentioning any names, but there seems to be kind of a, a, a desire for wall building. Actually, what we need is some hosts who actually build some bridges and build some tables and make bigger tables and invite everybody around, even those people who we disagree with and, uh, you know, and think we're a right bunch of whatevers. Um, we invite them as well as we build bigger tables and we become a hosting church, a hosting leadership, how Jesus hosted. So this phrase, host leadership, has started to bubble up right on the edges of some leadership thinking. And I watched a TED talk about it, which was quite interesting. And um, the guy who was speaking brought it all back to church. He wasn't a Christian, brought it all back to church. And actually, he said, well, no one goes to church anymore. So what we should do is kind of create church for people who don't believe in church. And that's called Sunday assemblies. They're quite popular at the moment. Around. I see you people nodding. You've, you've tried it, haven't you? And, uh, and uh, so what they do is they sing. Uh, they sing pop songs. And, um, and they have a little inspirational talk, and then they go out and do some stuff and uh, things like that. So it's very, very interesting. Anyway, so what I want to do is share six ways Jesus acted as really quickly as a kind of host leader and what this means for us. But we will come back to it. So I'm hoping for some of us this will be fresh and new thinking, be thinking a little bit about how we lead in our lives, our own little lives, with our families, our friends, in our work context. And as a church, how do we reflect this host leadership that I think Jesus is um, creating. The first thing Jesus does, what a host does, is initiates. Initiates. The first one is initiate. We saw that with Jesus, didn't you? He initiated. There's the beautiful part in that passage where it says he knew he'd come from God. He knew where he was going. He knew what he had to do. And out of that place of secure identity, Jesus initiates and makes things happen. If you're a host... You've got to initiate it, haven't you? You, you can't be a, you've got to be the person who invites everybody to the house or invites people to be part of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to, to achieve and go for. Jesus was, he kind of uh, took a risk, knelt down, washed feet and became the host. Jesus was the initiator. When's the point in church when you start welcoming new people? When's the point when we all decide, oh, I'm part of it now, I can welcome new people? And when's the point where we still want to be welcomed? Anybody kind of know when you hit that point? When that kind of crossover point comes to? Well, here's the thing. You've all crossed it anyway. So, uh, so it's all our jobs to be the hosts, to be the initiators, which is a little bit more um, daunting for some than for others. But there's lots of ways we can do that. Lots of ways we can do that. We just take the initiative. We're hosts. With the welcomers. The next thing, host leader, no, sorry, John, keep to the six. And uh, that's, that's the conclusion that's just going to wow everybody and that they won't know what's coming. So uh, uh, the second one is, the second one is uh, Jesus invited. Jesus, as a host, as a host leader, uh, we're inviter. You see that Peter, at that moment, isn't very happy with what's going on, is he? He wants to, you know, he wants to take the lead. He wants to be in control. Perhaps he doesn't want to be humiliated. Perhaps he, he's secretly still trying to lead and tell Jesus what he should be doing. That's kind of Peter's um, thing, what he tends to do. What Jesus does is, Peter, let, let me, invite me, you know, come on, let get washed, get washed, join in what we're doing. A host leader invites people and opens up those opportunities and spaces for people to feel at ease and reaching out, engaging with others. 
The beautiful thing about following Jesus is this. It is a, it's a religion, in the right sense of the, the word, of invitation. Jesus invites us, and then we just start inviting others along. You know, one of the beautiful ways that I'm really gripped by at the moment, and I can't quite work out what's so cool about it, but we get there in the end, is, you know, the early disciples were known as people of the way, not people of the doctrine or people of the faith or people of this, people of that. They were, after a while, got called Christians. Do you know what Christians mean? Do you know what it means? It means little Christian, little Christ. Easier for some. <clears throat> so uh, uh, it literally means little, little Christ, Ben. So, yeah. So, uh, but but we were before that, we were followers of the way. And so there's something about that, that we're on, we're, we're on the way. We're on a journey. We're reflecting the way of Jesus. And our job as followers of Jesus is to say, look, I'm going this way. Do you want to come along? Come along to this great adventure of Top Church. It's great fun. It's, it's freezing. And, and uh, you know, but you get cake, so it's kind of worth it. In the, but it's that or inviting people along the way. See, Jesus was an inviter. And that's what it means to be a host leader. You invite people. You invite people around your house. Invite people into the, to the life. Third one, quickly, is a space creator. Not literally space, but as in kind of metaphoric. Sometimes it is physical space, but it's kind of that metaphorical space. That need, isn't it, for, of creating space for people. That's what hosts do. It, 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 we went to visit some friends in Norway a few years ago. We hadn't seen for like... 20, it felt like 20 years, they did our marriage prep. They were like a really beautiful couple, Terrier and Edith, and like you'd, everybody wants to go to their house. And, and we're a bit cheeky. We booked to go to Norway, and then we let them know, oh, we're in the area. And anyway, we got to stay with them. So, um, and that's recorded, but anyway. So, but they're, they're just beautiful. When they open the door, you just feel so welcome. And our boys loved it because they just had space, not just physical space, but you, you felt welcomed and valued and honored and you could just relax it's such a beautiful experience that's what Jesus does in this moment he creates space for his disciples one Jewish tradition says this when God created the world he stood back because he created space for the world you know isn't that a lovely phrase that he stood is a Jewish kind of proverb he stood back and allowed the world to be he created space there's something amazing about a church that gives space to one another and I know at times that brings tension and we have, you know, we, we have different views on how much space we should all be given and all that sort of stuff. But there's, that's what a host leadership church does. Create space. Give space to others. And then there's um, the, the gatekeeper. What did I put there? The uh, boundaries. You know, as it, Jesus was quite clear and like, Judas, off you go, mate. You know, thanks for all you've done and you're going to do awkward, but uh, off, off you go. If you're the host of somewhere, actually, you lay out the boundaries, don't you? You come into my house, you take off your shoes, or you drink coffee, or, you know, or you, you leave at 10, and, uh, you know, I'll start asking you what you've got on tomorrow, and all those little nudges that we do, and yawning, and let's pray, and all those sorts of things that we... But you, as a host, you create boundaries, don't you? Jesus actually created boundaries. He gave space, but he created a safe space, where actually the, this is how we are. This is what it means to be his people. Host leadership has that sense of boundaries and actually where we can feel a little bit safe and actually this is what we're aiming. These are the kind of people um, we want to be. If you don't have that sense of boundaries, you think of it with children. They feel so unsafe and they run riot, but actually they don't feel safe. You don't get the best out of people. That kind of framework, this is, this is the way we are. This is how we are. This is how we're going to be. Jesus then, the other fifth and sixth one very quickly is uh, connectors. 
And um, there's this beautiful thing, isn't there, that the host leader connects and joins people together and creates the possibility of something emerging that had not happened without the connector. Isn't it amazing that Jesus sends people out in twos and then Jesus leaves them when he dies and someone put it like this, John the Baptist ministry he was always calling people to himself. They had to leave their home, come to the desert, hang out with him, eat a bit of honey, uh, put on some, you know, loc- eat some locusts and honey and all that sort of stuff, get baptized, and it was all around him. Jesus was a connector. He created teams of people, and actually they went out and did things and shared things. Jesus connected people. Rather than holding it all in, he enabled others to go. There's something about being a host church where we see connections. Then co-participates. If you're the host and I, you come around to my house and I cook you some marvelous food, that would be a miracle in itself. But if I did that, you would then expect me to eat it with you, wouldn't you? It would be a bit odd if I said, Alex, come around, and then you eat it there and I go off and, <laughs> you know, don't see you again and what have you. And um, that's what Jesus does. He, after he washed their feet, he sat down with them again. He participates in our mission with us. He goes with us. So as the leader in that context is that we are hosting, we are inviting, we're creating space, but we're also enabling people, as it were. We participate with them. So before we share communion together, let's have a little think. Next, here we go, John. This is it. Next slide. And um, he's not going to do it now. Uh, You, uh, he's going to think about yourself. Think about you as a host, as a host leader. Maybe you've got actual leadership responsibilities in your, your workplace And think of your hand as it means to be a host leader in that context. Think of yourself here. How can I be a host and be welcoming people here? Think of it in your family life, in your home life, with your kids, with the people you look after all around you. How can I be a host and actually create space, connect, co-participate, and and create those safe spaces, initiate and invite people? And maybe, thank you, John, next slide, just to close with, is actually us as a church. You know, how can we be a host church? Right at the start of our time together, a year ago, as it were, for this part of this aspect of the Top Church journey, which has been going on for 800 years, actually. But this little chapter was this idea of creating a bigger table. You remember that? Not a bigger stage so we could get you know, more bands and more music. Not a, gr- a bigger uh, pulpit so we can have more preaching. But a bigger table so more people can get round and share. And what does it mean for us, as it were? And I just wonder... I just wonder, in this day and age, what we really need is places that churches can really give unique leadership by actually creating tables where we can sit around together and share the life of Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we pray that we might follow your example and be the host that enables and invites, that participates, that sets the boundaries and invites people to share in the great adventure of following you. Thank you for this supper that Jesus had where he was the host. May we do likewise. We ask this in your name. Amen.